Hi, this is Hal Aaron Cohen, and today I'm on the road with John Fogarty's keyboard player, Bob Malone, on Tales of the Road Warriors! Bob Malone. In case you don't know the name, I'm happy to be the one bringing this remarkable and talented keyboard wizard into your orbit. There are some people you encounter in life who immediately stand out in some inexplicable way. You may have heard it described as the X factor or that it factor, an aura. Bob has that. I still remember like it was yesterday. A bunch of members of the National Academy of Songwriters had volunteered to help repaint the offices uh, down, uh, they used to be on uh, right on Hollywood Boulevard in the heart of Hollywood. And uh, Bob and I were among this group, and so I was on the floor placing masking tape along the wall above the molding. Malone was coming from the other direction, and we met in the middle where we struck up a conversation. Turned out he was a keyboard player, the new kid in town from New Jersey who, like many of us, had trekked out to L.A. to seek their fame and fortune. We immediately struck up a friendship. Eventually, I ended up recording some of some uh, demos for him and with him at my home studio in Venice Beach and uh, helped him get a steady gig at the Chimney Sweep, which is a little venue in Sherman Oaks, uh, where I was acting as entertainment coordinator. I played there on Sunday nights myself, uh, called it the Hal Show or Acoustic Sunday. Anyway, Bob eventually started making a name for himself around town as a music transcriber, singer-songwriter, arranger, session musician, and music supervisor. He has performed and or recorded with living legends, and in fact, he's been touring with John Fogarty, a founding member of Creedence Clearwater Revival, for the last decade. He's open for the Neville Brothers. Recently, we said goodbye to Art Neville. And, uh, oh, on their last tour, Bob got to share the stage with Mr. Springsteen himself. I I wish I'd had more time to talk to Bob. When I finally caught up with him, he was on his way back from a recording session on a new project. Well, what else is new? Malone is always working on a new project. That's why he's always got great stories. So I I barely touched the tip of the iceberg. You talk about a road warrior. Bob was literally in his car during the entire conversation. So the audio might have been a little funky in patches, which is fitting because Bob Malone really knows how to bring the funk. And that said, I'm happy to bring Bob Malone to you. Are you in your car? Yeah. How's it going? Good. How long do you have? I'm on a car ride that lasts about... I don't know, a half hour or so, 45 minutes. That's good. I'll take it. Where are you coming from? I'm just uh, I'm up in Camarillo. The guy that produces all my stuff has a studio up here. I'm so driving. you're coming from a recording session? Or is it a okay. secret Is it a secret project? Oh, no. We're just uh, working on my new record. We're like, uh, we recorded a bunch of stuff uh, at a session in L.A., and then uh, we're just up here, you know, doing overdubs. And... Have you, like, since you, like, uh, started working with John, have you been doing, like, a lot of interviews and stuff? Radio stations and disc jockeys? It seems well, like... Uh, no more than usual. About the same. Yeah, okay. Because I figured... I actually did quite a few of those before John. 
so uh, yeah, you know, turned the normal amount. I mean, really, it depends. Last time I did a lot of press and radio was uh, 2015 when I had a new record out. Like that's usually when you end up doing a lot of. That right. is when I had the new record out, there was a like you know, two years of of like tons of press and radio. Usually, when you have new product, you uh, end up doing more interviews. That makes sense. Well, anyway, I guess I should just take it back a little bit to, um, you know, because it, it's a podcast and it's probably like people who don't even know who you are, although it's only a matter of time before everybody knows who you are. And yeah. uh, or when I first not. met you, we, <laughs> we were both on our hands and knees in the uh, offices of the National Academy of Songwriters, masking, masking, taping the bottom of the... The, the molding or whatever it is, because we were we were volunteering to paint their offices. Yeah, I think you had just got yeah. here from Jersey. I just moved there. That's right, and I was volunteering at NAS, and that day's thing was to paint the walls, and that's how I met you. And then you gave you got me a gig playing every Tuesday at the Chimney Suite. Yeah, which by the way, I live a mile away from there now. Studio City. You know, they still and do music. I haven't been in there, but it looks exactly the same from the outside. Yeah, it's pretty much the same inside, too, from what I've seen. And I think they still do yeah. music there. Herman Jackson plays there sometimes. And, you know, Herman plays oh, really? with, like, Alicia Keys and Stevie Wonder. and So he, right. he's a pretty good keyboard player. Do you know Herman? No. He's from Detroit. We play, I play Tiger, Sta we play Tiger Stadium. With, uh, with Jimmy Buffett, we, like a, you know, Fogarty was the actually the opening act. You played with Buffett? Okay. Yeah, at Tiger Stadium. It was the biggest place I've ever played. I actually play a yeah. lot of Buffett, so I, I play a lot of Parrothead parties. Yeah, I know. This was basically a Parrothead party. <laughs> I'll bet it was. I also remember at NAS... We, we did the song pitches with, with the cassette tapes, and I remember Steve Shalklin. I don't remember what song you played him. I just remember him, him being very impressed by the playing. He goes, I, I don't know about, you know, I don't know about the voice yet. We'll have to see. You know, I remember, and I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, no, nah, this guy's going far, dude. Well, we did, uh, we did one of the demos of one of the songs. I, I still play it quite a bit. Um, you think I'd be over this by now? Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, well, we did that at your house. That's like, right. Before I re actually did a, a recording of it, we demoed it at your house. <laughs> did I, did we demo it on like the uh, the eight track, the sync the sync cassette, or did I still have my little four track Boss X X fifteen? I don't I don't remember that. <laughs> Whatever you had at the time. It's just That's a piano demo. I, I still, I like, I, I like your early stuff. I still remember, um, just because I came in here alone, don't mean I, I want to leave with you. Yeah. I always thought that was a good Yeah, title. it was all stuff that ended up on my first record. Yeah, yeah. Goodbye, L.A. And I know you still play. Yeah. I know he's your husband. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I demoed all those at your house. Huh. 
I remember vaguely that. I, I remember we were de demoing some like cover tunes so we could just get regular cover gigs. Yeah, I did those too. Got to pay the bills any way you can. So now yeah. you're in your car. What kind of car are you driving? Uh, PT Cruiser. I like those PT Cruisers. Yeah, it's kind of done, but it's paid for. So Right. Well, they got enough like room in there for your stuff. Like it's a nice roomy car. Yeah, I never really carry stuff anymore, but but yes, technically there is room for my stuff in here. Uh, okay, well I do. I still carry stuff. Uh, I know. I mean, I mostly I tour like I tour either tour yeah I tour with John obviously, but I also tour solo a lot. But it's all fly dates. Like I get on a plane, and usually the venue will get me a. A piano or they have one and uh, I don't really do much in the, like I do sessions in LA but I don't really like I play live a couple times a year in LA the other hundred times a year is on the road so I basically I don't even really have gear to to take around town at this point I have a keyboard that is currently out in the secondary Fogarty rig so that's not even here right and then you got guys that and set got, all this stuff up for you. You don't you don't mess with that stuff anymore. Yeah, I mean, if I got to do some gig in L.A. where I got to set up a bunch of stuff, I just don't. Uh, well, usually, if you're a keyboard player, fly. you're pretty much you got to be careful to just choose the places that already have a piano there. You don't want to be lugging a piano. Well, I like yeah, I like a real piano, and I got my CT80, which you know I had all. Uh, customized and redone the electric grand you know which is heavy but i just send cartridge guys with that what's the cp80 is that yamaha totally worth it yeah the yamaha yeah it's like a real piano but it's portable right i just did a session with that but yeah it's in a really cool case and it's really heavy and i have it stored at this at the place where they do cartridge for me so I'll just pay him 150 bucks to come bring it in and set it up and take it away. Because I'm pretty much permanently damaged from when I used to carry that thing myself. <laughs> yeah. Back in the day, I'm not lifting that anymore. I lifted that thing a lot. Yeah. I noticed now that, I mean, in all these years, John Fogarty has been like kind of like the king of swamp rock and, you know, just kind of like bare bones rock rock and roll i don't think i ever remember him using like female backup singers and ha whose idea was it to use the the malonettes yeah well you know we this year's show is like a kind of a woodstock theme thing because it's the 50th anniversary of woodstock so they added like three songs that uh from other people who played woodstock you know for flavor and it was a couple of Sly, Sly Stone tunes and, and the, the uh, Joe Cocker version of Little Help for My Friends. And those things just had to have female singers on them. Right, right. So well, uh, now did, that's how they ended up there. Did John but come now, to see now, your show and stuff. see them sing behind you and just go, I want, the, I, no, I want that? No, he doesn't. No, he, no. They wanted it. And... Uh, I showed him a video of us live. 
that's I mean, that, that is just so cool to to be in a position to to. I mean, to, the thing is, he wanted, you know, like he told me this whole story about, you know, he was never happy without Creedence sounding, and he really wanted it to sound like Ray Charles's band, like that was to him the ultimate band, you know, but it was a, you know, it was a kind of a, it was a rock band, right? And they, right. And uh, it had a sound, but so it ended up sounding great. But in his mind, what he was really looking for was uh, like that Ray Charles thing. So he's added the females to some of the tunes. You know, it sounds great. Like it totally works. You know, but we're still using it pretty sparingly. Yeah, but I mean, it must have been really great for you to be able to go to your friends and say, hey, I have an, an opportunity for you and, and turn them on yeah, to it really a was. great gig. I know. Yeah, they were not expecting that call. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> excuse me. So, uh, what what about before I met you? What what led up to your coming out to L.A.? You know, your, your oh childhood. God. Before I met you, I don't know, I grew up in New Jersey and near New York City, and I kind of assumed I was going to go to New York or L.A., and I was I went to school in college music, and when I was done, I stayed in Boston a couple of years longer, and I had this roommate who uh, was from California. He was actually from El Cerrito, which is where Credence comes from. It's just a suburb of San Francisco. And he's like, man, we got to move to L.A. They're going to love you out there. We got to move, you know, the weather's crap here. Let's, we got to move out to L.A. So he's like totally convinced me to move to California. And the day be, and his girlfriend moved out there, got an apartment like a month before we got there. And then the day before we were going to leave, he... He didn't. He decided he wasn't going to go, and huh. he uh, broke up with his girlfriend. And so yeah, I most people wait till they get to LA to break up with the girlfriend. Yeah, no, he he just never went. So he's still he's still back east. But I went instead. But he he sold the whole idea to me, and so <laughs> I went there. So then, um, when did you do that crawl across Texas that you wrote about on? Oh, that was. When did that happen? Ninety six. Well, I moved to LA in ninety one, and uh, yeah. Okay, because that's a great story. Uh, you still see Terry Tur- Tudor still around? No, no, I haven't seen that guy in years. Okay, still a great story though. I'm uh, definitely yeah. going to put a link to that on the show notes so people who are not familiar with that can read. Because you're a great writer. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I think it's on my blog now. Yeah. It's I on your blog, and it's still books. on the Little Hank's Guide for Songwriters. Believe it or not, that site is still there. Oh, really? I haven't okay. updated it in years, but what is left of it, it, you know, it's still there. Jimmy, you know Jimmy Yamagishi? No, or do I? He's a a songwriter. He he was. You still go to Kulaks at all? I've been to Kulaks in a long time. 
Yeah, so Jimmy, I think, hosts an open mic at Kulaks, or I know he plays there now and then. Oh, yeah. So he yeah, actually I, I did an know. open mic update for me for the little Hank Scott. I, I still have to add that in. So then I can claim that after all these years, I finally added something to it. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, there might be a bunch of places in there that are out of business now. There are. That's why I asked Jimmy if he could, he because could, uh, he still lives in L.A., so he actually updated all the uh, all those open mics with the ones that are current and told me the ones that aren't there anymore. So, so right. I could fix that. Well, go fix it, man. <laughs> That's stay on top of your stuff. Easier said than done. I, you know, I, I'm a busy. I see, I see stuff I put up a year ago. I'm like, oh my god, everything's changed. Since then. <laughs> it's only a year. Exactly. So you, you know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, I wanted to comment on the pictures you've been posting lately on Facebook. The, um, the rock stars eye view of the crowd, like the Red Rock, the recent ones. So oh yeah! I just want—I want to tell you those pictures are epic. Yeah, I've been doing like a picture every night. Originally, it was to show how, like on a gig of that size, everything's exactly the same every night. You have the same gear, the same setup. All the venues are are similar, you know. But then everyone was like, "I love those pictures," and I'm like, "They look the same. It's my same rig, same." Anyway, well, yeah, but not everybody takes pictures like of their, of you know, of the no, the audience, the audience view, the, the view of the audience. I didn't think, I never thought that people would like it that much. I guess is what I'm what I'm getting across. Yeah, because they get like, to live I, vicariously through you because you're up on the stage, and most yeah. people at a rock concert, and except for the ones who work for the record company, most people are up in the nosebleed section, Bob. So it, the, when you take those pictures, like people are like ecstatic to see that stuff. Yeah, sometimes like people. Uh, I just did one not too long ago, and a bunch of like these people that were in the front row, they circled themselves in the front row and posted it. Said, "Here we are, <laughs> Bob's picture." Pretty funny. It is funny. Do you yeah. still do that accordion so solo? Uh, uh, opening uh, uh, Fortunate Son? Oh, not Unfortunate Son, no. What song do you, I thought it was Fortunate Son that you did it on. No, it's definitely not that song. Um, looking out my back door, I do it. Oh, right, right, song. right. Out my back door. I don't know why I'm thinking Fortunate Son. Yeah, uh, the angry protest song. Yeah, not appropriate, huh? <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, that all started because we were... Uh, I mean, the only reason I even had that thing on me was uh, John does his cover of, of My Toot Toot, this old Cajun tune, and uh, Zydeco thing. And I was playing it for that, which we hardly ever did, but I had it, I had it along just in case. And we were doing this big arena tour of uh, Canada, and they had a guy there who was doing like staging stuff and it was all this all this production it was a lot of production and they had like a secondary little stage like out in the middle of the arena and John would go out there and do like two songs out there in the middle of the crowd on this little round 
exchange. That was cool. It took him like about a minute, maybe two minutes to get to get out there. You know, he'd have to go around. Couldn't go through the crowd, right? He'd go around a corridor. Anyway, so there was two minutes. They were like, we have to fill this two minutes. And the guy that, you know, the guy who was doing all the production just pointed to me. This is like an hour before the first show. And he says, uh, you, play an accordion solo <laughs> by yourself while this is happening. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm not going to go out in front of this arena crowd, rock crowd, and play an accordion solo. By <laughs> but of course, you know, the answer is always yes if you want to survive. So, uh, so I worked out a, a whole bit, you know, and I went out and did it. And they, people really liked it. I think maybe because I was brave enough to do it. Yeah. Oh, no. It was unique. First off, sounding like Nor, you know, and I based it all on the, the melody of that song, you know, so it's, it's, it's like looking out my back door. Right. And then it goes on and on, and it gets more and more crazy. At the end, I just kind of freak out and do all this, you know. I yeah. kind of shred a little bit on the accordion. And they don't the accordion solo stays. Keep yeah, it. so, yeah, after that, the accordion solo stays. Well, that reminds, you know, there's an open mic here. It's in Ambler at a place called Casey's Alley. And they, the, the backup band, the, you know, the, the, the band that anchors the open mic there, uh, they do out my back door. And there's a guy with an accordion. He must have seen the video because he comes in with the accordion yeah. now and, and he does this thing. He, uh, he should uh, he should learn my solo. The chicks will dig it. Uh, yeah, exactly. He's not so he's not trying to copy you anyway. So so that makes it even better. You got two accordion solos now. Now you go to like Paris and Paris. You went there recently, and I know you go to Italy a lot. You have some kind of love yeah. affair with Europe, I think. I notice. Well, I get gigs there. You know. Yeah, but I mean, the, the at least it. Italy seems to have you have a pretty good fan base there. I mean, they love you there. Yeah, I've played there a lot. That was the first place I, when I started playing Europe, Italy was the first place I went. Like, and it was because like it was in '98 was the first time I played Europe, and it was the first time I, I was Italy. And in '98, I had just gotten online. And almost immediately, I got, and I had a website, which I had a website before I got online, and I only had that because my best friend, Buzz, was like a computer genius. Like in 94 or 5, he was already online, which not a lot of people were at that point. And uh, he's like, you want a website? I'm like, no, I think it was like, what's a website? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> he made one for me, so I had a website. Very primitive HTML website. The URL was like really, really long. Anyway, that thing was out there. And this promoter in Italy found it and found out about me. Because back then, you know, I wasn't getting any airplay in Europe, you know. Right. Or anything that would, you know, back then you couldn't just go check it, you know, Checked out people's music online. It was a lot harder. Anyway, he found me and through this website I had checked these 
And uh, I just heard from this promoter in Italy, like, you want to come over and do a bunch of stuff? I couldn't believe it. And I went over and the first tour I did was, uh, I did the whole thing by train. And it was all solo shows. And then I didn't go for a few years. But then I started going again. And I've gone every year for years now, over 10 years. And uh, and then I'll also, you know, then I'll also play, like, Switzerland is the next place over. So I play there a lot. And Germany and France and... You ever, you ever go there and like an Italian high school band's playing one of your songs when you get off the plane? No, that has not yet happened. Not yet. I think Although they, we, did do, we did do a show at an Italian high school once. That was pretty fun. In their auditorium. Yeah. Now I, I was thinking of the Foo Fighters. Remember when, do you remember that? Uh, a couple of years ago when uh, some small town got like a thousand musicians to do a Foo yeah, Fighters song? That. To get them yeah, to come play? Funny. Yeah. That just, hasn't happened to me. Not yet, but still, that is that was a very cool story. Yeah, it was fun. So, and then you recently took your beautiful wife to Paris. I remember reading that on Facebook. Oh, not recently, home. but yeah. I, she's gone with me quite a bit to Paris. I got a song out of it, as you know. Yes, I do. Which reminds me, um, not Paris, but your, an older song, um, Meet Me in Manhattan. I was looking among your, your online videos, and I couldn't find it anywhere. Like, one of your fans posted it, but you didn't. No. And that's one of my favorite Bob Malone songs. Why, why didn't you post that one? No reason. You know, there's no video for it. If you, go, if you look it up, there's, there's a bunch of different live performances. I actually have posted a live performance of it, so it's out there. Oh, okay, because when I searched for it by name, I only found the version that I can't think of his name now. So finally, anyway, there's only one, I only got one thing left that really I need to ask you about before I ask you to um, talk about you know your current projects and stuff, but uh, and only only your inner circle knows about this. What's the deal with Maybe we Char- can keep it that way. <laughs> oh no, it's not, not not a big deal. But you I know you're into Shark Week and you have this song called Sparkly Shark. Oh yeah, well that's my wife's song. Yeah. My wife and I like uh, she's mostly the catalyst for this, but we write silly one minute songs about creatures and our cat, you know, stuff like that 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 we sing all the time, but no one else has really heard except friends who happen to have been at our house when one of them's happening. And uh, Sparkly Shark was one of her many epic, um, catchy, million-selling kid songs that have that will probably never get released. Right. And you know we held about. It's our, catchy as hell. That's all I know. Other. It's really catchy. There's there's a bunch of them. And so she, uh, you know, it's about our, we have a sparkly shark ornament. Hence the song. Right, and you sing to sparkly it. Shark. <laughs> and then, yeah, so she, we did a video, and I played piano, and she held it up and sang Sparkly Shark. Whole thing clocks in at about 35 seconds. And uh, it's a masterwork. It could be our finest 
work, really. I think it is. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Everyone who hears, and now there's people who wait to hear, wait for us to post it every year. They're like, it's not Christmas until I hear Sparkly Shark. <laughs> I think that's pretty amusing. You know, you it never is. know what people I know. I, I had to bring that up, and uh, you know what? I'll talk to. Ho hopefully, I'll get a chance to talk to Karen, and uh, we could talk more about it and her other songs and yeah. her, her shellology. Yeah, there's, there's and uh, shellologist, world-renowned shellologist, yeah. Karen Nash is another one of her many. Uh, yeah, many no, I thought that was brilliant. Her, she, she did the thing, the um, like the video of how to how to make the shells look good for the yeah that was actually legit we learned all about it we went to sanibel a couple years ago we both as kids like when i was a kid i was really into i was a nerd of course so i played classical piano i had like a totally legit model train layout that i was really serious about and i had this really great shell collection and i would note down where I got everything and put down the, you know, the scientific names and the whole thing. This is why I had no friends when I was 11, <laughs> you know? And so I met Karen and it turned out that when she was a kid, she was into that too. So we went down there to Sanibel to collect shells. Well, that's <laughs> and we, pretty... Yeah. And then she learned all the techniques for cleaning them up. And she's passing it on to the rest of the world. Yeah, we put them in nice uh, shadow boxes, and they're all hanging in our bathroom now. You know. So what's happening with the uh, the great. new video? The one is it the Good People? Is that the what you're yeah. working on now? Good People's coming out. Am I in it? Early July. Did I, did I make the cut? Yeah, you're in it. Oh, Everybody's cool. in it. You and that person, that random person you took footage of. The little old lady. Yeah. She was so cute with the, the way she waved and smiled. Yeah, the smiled. guy originally was old lady, and I'm like, you got to put Hal in, too. <laughs> so you cut it up into two pieces. Because we use every one of these for like a second, Yeah. right? They go by really they go by really fast. There's a ton of people. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, you're in it. Yeah. I'm about to announce that, actually. Oh, okay. I shouldn't have asked. I actually wanted to be surprised, but it's too late. <laughs> So, well, you know, yeah. I still, I love that part of the, the, the what didn't make it into that video. It was that little old lady when she plunked herself down <laughs> next to you on the piano bench and she's like sneezing yeah, yeah, she and was... blowing her nose. <laughs> and you go, you come from a, like a 30,000 seat stadium to that. <laughs> you know, I don't play a 30,000 seat stadium every day. <laughs> no, no, but it's just what what a but, contrast, yeah, you know, a, from that to Cafe. Uh, I'm not going to say the name. I don't want like the next time I, I go to that cafe to like not be able to get in because I said the name and everybody knows you're there. <laughs> yeah, I like that place. But uh, yeah, it's me the too. Smallest kid I do, but it's uh, it's pretty fun. The people that own it are really nice, and they they pay me. Well, and they they're like just I'm like how long do you want me? just play do whatever you want, <laughs> which is my which is usually my criteria for doing a solo show. So I just get up there and I do my set, do whatever I want. At this point, it always fills up with people, and they all 
So now they're happy because they always know they're going to have a good crowd in there if I play. Yeah. And they have a piano, such as it is. <laughs> so all the elements are there. So do you got, do you have one good story that you just uh, haven't told anybody yet that you could share with me uh, something recently that might be funny or devastating? If um, I don't know. That's pretty broad. I know, but you, you, you have so many adventures, so I figure it must be one that stands out in your head, even if it's an old one. I don't know. I was just um, I was just actually writing about, um, you know, I did one show with Ricky Lee Jones. I saw her naked, you know. Did you really? Back in the day, yeah, it's, it's, when I was a singing waiter. I didn't see We used naked. to hot tub at 4 o'clock in the morning. Awesome. My girlfriend, it was me, my girlfriend Cindy, the bartender, Lynn, and Ricky. And then we turned on the 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 hot tub and the, and the motor would be so loud and all the lights would go on people peering out the windows at us amazing so i did this gig but she wanted to do a bunch of songs from uh west side story i could see that and she sounded fucking amazing do it so they give me the score it's like leonard bernstein it isn't like normal show tunes there's a lot going on and it's an orchestral reduction, piano orchestral reduction of this. And I'm sight reading this thing at her house, and I'm just barely getting through it because it's difficult. And I had no time to practice. Uh-huh. And uh, then she's like, oh, we got to do it in a different key. So it got changed to, you know, three steps, three and a half steps up from its original key. So <laughs> I'm trying to. So, and I kind of get through the rehearsal, and then I go home, and I stay up all night, like writing the whole thing out in a new key because it was just too. There was too much going on to, to just comp chords and change the key that easily and catch all the little cool stuff that made it, you know, really Leonard Bernstein. Right. And then we get to sound check, and the key and the arrangement got changed again, and it kept getting changed until about. Seven o'clock in the evening, and they're like, "We have to, you have to stop sound checking because we're we're going to open the doors. Everyone's been standing outside, you know, for two hours waiting to get in." So we did that tune. So I I basically say read West Side Story, at least five songs from it, you know, in a in a different key, in front of the crowd. Where, where did you where did it you perform a, this? It was in L.A. Actually, at the uh, the Echo Plank. She was doing a a club. It was like maybe a 500 seat club. She oh, and then we got done, and I walked off stage, and I ran right into Jackson Brown. Later, I got to play with, but I I uh, I ran right into him. And Karen was with me, and we're both huge Jackson Brown fans. And she's a really big Jackson. And, you know, yeah. Karen's not afraid of anyone. And he he goes, uh, he shakes my hand. He's like, oh, man, you really sounded great up there. It must have been really hard to play. It was awesome. And I'm thanks. I'm like, it's kind of hard for me to talk because I was in awe. And Karen 
just ran away. <laughs> like, she so she said, "Holy shit, it's Jackson Brown!" And she went away. <laughs> and then I got it. And then we went to one of the dressing rooms and talked to him. At like she came back after running away. <laughs> so anyway. she came back, but at like after he left, so she didn't have to like. No, no, she came back to actually talk to him like a normal person. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if she ever regained her composure. Yeah. She just was freaked out for a minute. (laughs) Pretty funny. Anyway, there's a story for you. I like it. So, I know you. we talked a while now, and I know you want to get the hell out of your car. So, just... Bring me up to date. Um, What what do you want anybody who's... if anybody even is listening, uh, what would what would you want them to know? Like, what are you working on? What 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 what? Uh, um, where can they I'm find involved. more I'm good Bob's? Pretty, uh, pretty close, pretty, pretty close to being done with my new record. I plan to have it out in the fall, and uh, everyone should go to bobmalone.com and get on my mailing list. Follow me on all social media channels. Join my YouTube channel because they're about to see the video for uh, Good People is coming out. It's really cool. And you're in it, of course. So all oh, yeah, the right, more right. Reasons, you know. Can't wait. That's, that's it. And that's it? Okay. Well, I was just going to say, I, I I have like show, for each episode, I have like show notes. So that's where I put the links to stuff. So I'll, I'll make sure there's links to your site and to your YouTube channel anyway. So it'll make it easy, yeah. easier for them to find you. Yeah. Link me up. So, all right. Well, give my love to Karen and uh, say hi to everybody else. If they happen to know me, I will. I'll give, I'll give the whole gang your regards. I'll probably be, um, I might be down at the, uh, the place you always go see me in the fall. Okay. Well, I'll probably be there then. You know, I always get okay. I always get there early now because I learn. You know, everybody knows about it in this area. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the seats fill up. So, all right. So I'll I'll see you then. Hey, cool, man. Yeah, I'll be talking. So I hope you liked that uh, little uh, talk we had. The best way to really stay updated with the uh, Tales of the Road Warriors is to go straight to the website, talesoftheroadwarriors.com. Uh, share it, listen, listen, share, follow, subscribe, whatever, all that good stuff. And you know there's comment sections, and I, I, I would love to get comments from you guys to tell me what I'm doing right, tell me what I'm doing wrong, tell me ways you might want to have me improve this podcast uh if you have a suggestion for somebody you would like me to talk to that would be great too always looking for uh you know ideas for guests little help would be quite welcome all right so i'm going for a drive